0: Hi and welcome to another great episode of Higher Like Maths. My name is Linda. I'm a applied mathematician, completed a PhD in maths. I am maths educator and founder of Bungie Pie, which helps children learn maths through storytelling, animation and real life examples. Hi, I Like Maths is my own initiative to introduce you to great minds in this space and talk about how maths can improve our mental and intellectual abilities. This is not a technical show, so no formulas, no abstract stuff. We mainly talk about challenges, solutions, discoveries and benefits of doing maths here. Today, I have a great speaker, Karen Harding-McDate, who would like to share six tips to engage children to learn and enjoy maths at home she was my speaker before and talked about self-efficacy and creating a positive attitude toward maths i highly recommend listening to that talk today's talk is very useful for parents also teachers as her tips will be easily applied in the classroom and in fact it's great if teachers are willing to do so before introducing my great speaker today, I would like to ask you to subscribe to this platform and support us to continue this great work. Karen has been a teacher for almost 20 years. She has taught primary and secondary students from kindergarten to year 10. In 2009, her experience saw her moving into academia where she was the numeracy advisor to primary Pre service teachers and was a lecturer in mathematics education for postgraduate and undergraduate students in preparation for primary teaching. Karen has been a member of the Executive Committee of the Mathematics Associations of New South Wales since 2003 and the Primary Associations for Middle School Mathematics since 2002. She was also the New South Wales representative Counsellor on the board of the Australian Associations of Th- Mathematics Teachers for five years and is the current president of Mathematical Associations of New South Wales. Karen is completing her doctoral thesis examining primary pre-service teachers attitude and self-efficacy in and toward mathematics. Her current role is as head of the mathematics at Cluey Learning, a tech company providing learning support for students for year two to year 12 across Australia. I would like to invite all of you guys to listen to it.
1: I think it's a really important thing to start off at a very young age. Um, As you know, I have a a granddaughter, but I also have a grandson who's who's almost three, and we do a lot of counting games with him. So things like... um, getting them to to count one-to-one correspondence. So if they've got a biscuit or they've got a sandwich, you would count that as one sandwich and two sandwiches and three sandwiches and so on. Even with their cars, any cars that they've got or toys that they're playing with or cuddly toys that happen to be lying on their bed, it's it's really good thing to count them, just to line them up and count them. Fingers, toes, steps to the bathroom, see how fast you can run you know, count how many steps it's going to take you to get to the front gate, those, those sorts of things. Um, it's always a good idea also to introduce um, a number of books, books mm-hmm. that, and I've got a list of books that I can give you, you can put it on the oh, website.
2: Please, please.
1: Um, and those, uh, those sorts of books, the types of ones that I particularly like for the younger ones are things like, um, there's, there's a book I really loved called Ten in the Band. Mm-hmm. and it's it's subtractions you can see how the subtracting works because the wow. 10 they all rolled over and one fell out yeah. and then there's nine in the bed so you can they can see that progression and the counting backwards of things the other thing that i like is 10 green bottles again another subtraction one mm-hmm. there's a couple of really good ones um that are in that list that i'll give you that you can progress through from primary kids right the way through to secondary so mm-hmm. it's it's that it's worth having a having a look at those. The other thing that you can do with um, I've done this in a car with my with my grandson, you're driving along and you will say what com- what number comes before five or what number comes after five mm-hmm. so that they can see the sequencing thing. Then you can start looking at skip counting two, right. four, six, eight. Yeah. He tends to do that, but I think it's because he's forgotten the numbers rather than yeah. actually skip counting. Yeah. And counting backwards is a, is always a good one. the other thing that you can do is um, this. This was an activity that we used to do in the car with my own children when they were growing up, and that was we'd we'd add up the number plates. Right. So they were getting that mental that developing that mental addition or me- mental even multiplication.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you could say say the numbers on the car was five, three, two. Can you add, subtract, multiply, divide to make ten? Right. So, those sorts of games as they start to get older are good. The other thing that um, older children might be interested in is the history of mathematics right. um, and and particular the likes of learning about the Hindu-Arabic system and where it came from and how yeah. it developed and, yeah. and you know, that uh, that being our number system today. Looking at Roman numerals as well, they're cool yeah. because they, they use a base 5 as opposed mm-hmm. to a, a base 10 system like we have. So look, there's lots of things that you can do with number,
2: yeah, um, to
1: build up to build up for children, yeah,
2: true, yeah. And uh, you made a good point about um, history of maths, and I think in particularly it's very important because when, even when I, I, I work with uh, my students, they, they always tell me this is great that you share a bit of history about that topic because they can relate to, and they can see where it actually came from. yeah, it's it's great, great all right so uh what else you would like um to share um to engage kids into math
1: well one of the favorite things that's can we
2: play a game <laughs> oh yeah game is a big big one right and the world is going through uh, toward it i mean the gamification is just a huge thing at the moment in the bar- market and um, you know every kid you actually need is just somehow they're playing some sort of computer game so so I think game is, uh, yeah, is, is a big one. So what in particular, do you have a specific game that they need to um, play that, you know?
1: There's a game that my stepdaughter really loves and it's called Minecraft. She's grown out of it a little bit now, but it certainly is one that kids tend to to enjoy playing and it's, the the good thing about that one is that they they have that the screen and they're just playing against themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. But then
1: there's other games that you can play, um, particularly with the younger ones, like we're using playing cards and snap and. Um, You can incorporate other other things like dice and and goldfish um, Mm -hmm. because they have to be able to develop strategies. They start to develop strategies to be able to win the game and that's their goal, obviously. And the thing about um, playing games like that is it changes the way their brain thinks. So they start to think about, they start to develop a logical strategy to be able to to win the game, or to beat their parents, or to beat to beat their brothers or sisters, or whomever whomever it is they're playing. Yeah. They're playing with. The other thing you can play is, uh, particularly with younger kids, is mm-hmm. those matching games. Yeah. So um, things like um, you know, turn one card over, turn another card over, see can you match them up, and then they have to yeah. they have to recall where they are um th- so those are good one the the other thing they can do is is make make a number using playing cards mm-hmm. um there's a lot of children in year year 7 and 8 who in some cases have never seen a deck of cards ever yeah and th- there's a lot of the probability activities that you do in school in 7 and 8 that that rely on being on on prob- on uh, playing cards so it's a good thing to get them used to that early on yeah. they can They can count. They can count the numbers. They can recognize that nine represents an an amount of nine. Mm -hmm. They, They can make numbers with them. What's the biggest number you can make using these four cards? What's the smallest number you can make using these four cards? Um, for school age children, um, it can help them to understand place value.
2: Yeah. So
1: if they're using three cards and they've got one, two, three, and they want to make the biggest number, then they have to recognise that the three has got to go in the hundreds place right. and the two has got to go in the tens and the one in the units. Um, other things is board games, uh, snakes and ladders, for mm-hmm. counting forwards and backwards, um, even Monopoly because of the money that's a, a really great one although it does yeah. tend to cause rifts in families because <laughs> it fights over who gets what yeah and the other thing you can do is is use dice just a pair of dice a couple of dollars in the two dollar shop and they can count the die they can count the dots on the dice they can look at what we call subitizing, which is being able to instantly recognize mm-hmm. a number so for example, the the way the structure of five on a dice has mm-hmm. the two, the four dots, and then the one in the middle, mm-hmm. and being able to instantly recognize that there's five dots on that is is um, related to what we call subitizing in the younger years. Yeah. The other thing is um, one of my favorite things to do when I was growing up was to play shops, mm-hmm. and uh, I even had a, a mini cash register with with the money in it and being able to recognize money. I think time and money are two things that kids really struggle with as they get old, Old, as the children get older, then they can start looking at things that go on in what we call the real shop um, so that they can, they can buy things. You give them $5, they go and buy a packet of lollies. They have to work out the change, check that your change is correct so that they've, they're, starting to use money in a in a real way
2: yeah yeah definitely
1: I, I think games games are are important because they don't see the mathematics in it but no. they're using
2: maths all the time that's true that's true yeah regarding game because i'm quite into it um and i think it's it's one of the great ways really one of the great ways to to really get the kids to uh, you know get engaged because they really like it naturally uh it's, it's to do with games and um I know that um for my uh, program game is a, is a specific part of that that I would like to work on And actually I designed one and uh, I implemented uh, in one of my classes and the results were, was what's so interesting even for me I was quite surprised at that because normally when it comes to geometry right particularly angles uh they struggle a lot right and uh, no, it's not about type of angle, uh, that like this acute or obtuse, whatever. Um, it's just like the geometry part of it. Uh, apparently, it's, um, as, as far as I've observed, it's a little bit uh, hard for them to figure out oh, what's the size or, or for example, s- estimation of an angle, is it a 40, is it 30? It's like, it's that simple, right? But uh, Borov's observed is that they sort of struggle with that estimation. So. Um, I know that I come up with this, again, which is to do with honeybees, and honeybees is one of my projects um, that I developed. It, it's about application of angles, and their job was to do with figuring out the position of the sun and the hive and the flower, and then every time this, like, sun moves around, so the position will change, and you just find an angle that describes the position of sun relative to the... Um, Height and a flower, and each time they need to estimate it. So they didn't have any sort of measurements to put in there and say, "Hey, this is thirty or forty, whatever." They had to kind of look at the angle, and then figure out what's uh, what's the size, right? So it they normally struggle with it in my class, but as soon as I put it in the country uh, in a game and I group them and I say, "How oh, you two against each other? You need to figure out as quick as possible." Um, they estimate this angle then they start to be really really into it and I remember one of those kids uh, lost it, and it was a very smart kid as well and I start crying in my class because yeah I was was thinking this is this is huge you know this is huge as educated I think they should take it quite seriously and I really have this plan to get it online Um, and hopefully one day a lot of kids can play it Um,
1: well, I, I know a lot of the work that you're doing is around the games in, on, on your website. So it's I think it's a really valuable, a valuable place to start. And you're talking about geometry too. I mean, geometry is one of those things that um a lot of kids
2: struggle with. Oh yeah, huge. It's not about the kids. Believe me, I teach at university, I work with union students and the other day in my class. I gave them three, like a line, like a corner, and three vectors, and I told them, "Hey, draw a cube with it. With this only three as a corner in a corner." And can you believe that? Out of thirty, no one could do that. I think yes. adults
1: have forgotten how to visualize too. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was thinking, you are doing engineering. you think engineering. What, what are you talking about? How come these parts of the brain are somehow freeze? And I don't know, is it to do with the, uh, the kind of the schooling things or is it to do with, you know, the, the, is it just they're difficult naturally? I have no idea. But the fact that they struggle with even draw a cue, um, yeah, it's,
1: it's- yeah. They do. They really do. You're absolutely right. And it, the funny thing about it is if you look at any of the NAPLAN data, yeah, and if you look at the NAPLAN questions and unpack them, because um, I, I've done several workshops with, with teachers who are, who are needed additional support to unpack what they had the data that they had gathered from their students over yep. over a period of time. So between three, five, and seven, and I've unpacked the da- the NAPLAN questions, and there's approximately thirty percent of the questions that are geometry or, or geometrically based that require visual literacy. Yeah. So the ability to be able to manipulate something in the mind's eye without actually been actually being able to pick it up.
2: Right.
1: So you know being able to match a for example a cube with images on it yeah with the net
2: yeah
1: and recognizing where each of those each of the um, images fit on yeah. that net yeah and, and that's really hard and yet we yeah. ask kids in year five and year seven to do that yeah and sometimes in year three yeah you know we got to give people a lot of practice in doing in doing yeah. those sorts of things. yeah but, yeah i mean the other the best way that we can do that is to start developing it at a very young age
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know recognizing recognizing shapes in the world recognizing and, and naming those shapes in the world. I was with my grandson on the weekend and and I we were looking at sailboats and I said there's a triangle on the sail.
2: Yeah.
1: And he he tried to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is at least now I've set something there to to show him that that's a shape that is yeah. the, the, the way something is. And as he gets older obviously we'll say well, what's a triangle? It's because there's three angles. <laughs> yeah. <interesting. laughs> you're talking about the angles yeah. other things that they can do is is uh, jigsaws jigsaws are really good for right. kids mm-hmm. um not just the, to be able to manipulate them and turn them around you know those ones that have the little wooden jigsaws for especially for younger kids and they've yeah. got the little and they have to turn it around to be able to push it into a mm-hmm. into a particular shape i think that's very good not just for their um, their ability to uh, recognize shape, but also their ability to, their fine motor skills to, to do things like that. Yeah. Blocks, building towers, Legos, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Lego um, is a pretty good one. Yeah, um, even the Duplo, the bigger ones to get them used to that. Um, it, it, they're, just, they're just phenomenal things to get them thinking about shape
2: yeah. Yeah. and geometry. You mm-hmm. Know. Mm-hmm. This is huge. This is important. All right. Cool. So what else? Game and numbers. And then
1: um... Uh, I think uh, one of the things that people I I know, I've I've asked this question when I was working with pre-service teachers. So I was lecturing and I stand up in front of the room and I say, right, guys, where where do you first start learning algebra? And most of them will say you seven and eight. That that's around about the age that they'll say, now that's when we start to learn algebra because right. that's when we start to apply the, a pronumeral to, a, to a, a value. Right. And when I, when I show them that they're actually, they actually started in kindergarten in year one, mm. when there's a box plus three equals seven, yeah. what does the box represent? It's yeah. The beginning of algebra. And skip counting is another one. So two, four, six. What comes next? Three, six, nine. What comes next? And that's a really good way of developing times tables as well. Hmm. The ability to be able to mentally to, to be able to mentally work their way through that. The other thing is to look at um, uh, patterns. Are uh, you know even signposts when they they're looking at. Um, and that, that relates back to geometry as well. So you've got your stop sign. What's What, what sort of shape is that? Your yield, what sort of shape is that? Um, looking at um, patterns on wrapping paper or on fabric or, you know, looking at the, the structure of patterning throughout, even throughout nature.
2: Yeah. If you have a look at a...
1: Look
2: at clouds, oh yeah. look at leaves, look at trees. Okay, snowing for like if, if you get getting snow around, you so many things that you know you can see a repetition of a specific pattern or rocks, for example, patterns on rocks. There, you know, there's so many things you can just have a look and say, Oh, this is a repetition of some shapes or some, you know, some, some pattern, and then you can pick it up and then expand it, expand it. Yeah, a great one.
1: Another good thing is to do um, is to create well, if you want to develop it in primary in school kids, is uh, looking at patterns on particular things. So we've got a red car, a blue car, a yellow car. What comes next? Yeah. Red car, blue, and so on. And, and doing, doing those sorts of things with children. Or you can even make those vegetable stamps. I mean, if we, if we really wanted to have a look yeah. and, and make our own wrapping paper, then they, they can do the patterning on that as well. They can yeah. do it either in color or they can do it just in shape. Um, the other thing that's really good um, to develop understanding about patterning is clapping. Mm. You know, you get them to clap the, the pattern back. So if you clap, then they clap that back. Yeah. And it's, so they're recognizing that there's a pattern that goes there's along. There's a pattern
2: with it. there, exactly. And it's fun way as well. It's like dancing, dancing kind of things. Yeah. yeah. You can do the body movements, add body movements to it as well.
1: But I mean they're they're just very, very basic ways of, of starting to look at patterning and, and and building that capacity so that they start to look and recognize patterns in other areas. So by the time they get to year seven and eight, they're starting to see a connection.
2: That's true. Yeah. They have the basic backbone in their head that oh, I know what is pattern. I mean, if you look at a forensic
1: scientist, a data scientist, anybody who who uses um Patterns because what they're doing is they're looking at the data that they've got. They're, they're focusing on the information that they have and they're looking for patterns that they can hang on to something else so that they can answer questions about what it is that they're trying to find out. Mm. So I, I think to be able to make those connections for kids um, is it's, it's it moves from that concrete to the abstract. And once they've moved into the abstract then they start to develop better skills in, in mathematics.
2: Absolutely right. Yeah. And um, i of working in the space of uh, data analysis kind of things uh, for years now. And I know pattern recognition is a huge thing. And to be honest, a lot of things we do um, um, or behavior or everyday life it has a specific pattern most of the time you wake up on a certain time or we have a body clock even right we we call it circadian rhythm and it just goes on a specific pattern and it's very serious if you disturb it you know that's kind of you you need to face out um, the consequence of of it but uh, it's a huge thing and um, definitely uh, needs to be um, presented somehow to little kids they have to to build up that kind of uh, the background about that Absolutely. Right. Okay. So we've done the numbers, gains, shapes in the world and patterns. Now, what else do you have to talk about? I think the next one
1: probably would have to be measurement because um, I had a year eight class once, beautiful bunch of girls, strugglers, but they were a lovely bunch of girls and I asked them what question one day, how many centimeters are in a meter? Mm. And the answer was 50. Right. It, it horrified me because I thought by the time they'd got to 14, 13 or 14, they really should have known that there was 100 centimetres in one metre. Wow. So we spent quite a bit of time looking at measurements and, and estimating. You were talking about a few moments ago about estimating angles.
2: Yeah.
1: Once, once you do estimation for a period of time right. and practice it.
2: Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. It's like inbuilt things. Then you look at it and say, oh, that's it. I can, I can, I can figure that out. And, and I think this is, this is a great, great skill because most of the time you don't have that tools to carry around and say, well, but, but you should have kind of an estimation an insight like that quickly It's like driving really. After a while, when you learn driving at the beginning, it's a struggle. But then after that, it's just, you don't even think about it. You know, you just do it, you just do it. So it, it's the same thing as estimation.
1: So I, think, I think measurement is, is probably a good one. Um, you could look at, even with the really young kids, you can order things from tallest to smallest or from shortest to, to tallest, whichever it mm-hmm. happens to be. Um, you can talk about, um, you can do a comparison between a child and say, I think Braden is... A meter and twenty centimeters, and then do the measurements. So they, there again, they're making that connection between the estimation and and the actual measurement. Um, you can you can talk about how um, the history of measurement, mm. the cubit and the foot and the hand and the yard, the yardstick. Yeah, and and you can also talk about how horses are still measured in hands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so those and and why why what size hand would it be? Would it be the two-year-old's hands that the horses are measured in, or is it in? And then you start to talk about the importance of having a standard unit of measurement. Yeah. So that those sorts of things are a really um, valuable way of, of identi- them identifying measurement in the real world. The other the other thing that you can do, particularly with measurement, is cooking.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a great one. Because they is all about measurement. Yeah, and, and and you can also do you can talk about
1: rates and ratios with that as well Oh well, yeah if, for
2: sure yeah
1: but if we need half a cup of of sugar for six donuts how many cups of sugar do we need for 24 donuts or mm-hmm. 36 donuts so you can you can start to do make lots of connections between other areas of mathematics with, with cooking and recipes and whatnot yeah I so I think I think that's probably a really val- valuable one. And you can talk about conservation of liquid as well when mm-hmm. you, you've got a tall glass versus a short squat glass, which one holds the most? Yeah. And then they can do a comparison between, between them.
2: Yeah, and then get get some ideas about volume and capacity. That's right. Yeah, and even area.
1: The next one, probably moving on, would be potentially um, the application of money.
2: Oh, um, Yeah. Yeah, because it's every day like <laughs> this life is getting all our money since so well, still- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a it's a really important tool, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Well, particularly in Sydney, my God. Um, it's good to have. I mean,
1: they're not probably going to be talking about mortgages and loan repayments and buying cars until they're a bit older, but you can certainly You can certainly build on that throughout their lives, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly as, as they get, I mean, my, my, I remember my son, when he wanted to buy a car, he said he could borrow the money and he would borrow, he would finance the car basically. And we sat down and we worked out how much it would cost over the five years that he would be paying it back. And then we Mm -hmm. worked out how much, how long it would take him to save the total amount of the car. Yeah. Um, minus the finance and that's the way he went he decided he would wait and save and he did and it meant that he saved about twenty thousand dollars over the Mm. over the five years which you don't realize the amount of extra money that you pay when you're talking about accumulating interest
2: interest exactly yeah and and i think you know if, if you
1: say oh i can afford the repayments that's one thing but do you really? Would you rather twenty thousand dollars in your bank at the end of that time, or would you rather it in the bank's?
2: Office? That's true. Is is really up to you to think about that story
1: to tell you. But there was there was one um, young lady that I was teaching as she was a pre-service teacher. It had been a couple of years before she was going to graduate. But I asked her, you know, where do you use maths in real life? She said, I never use it. I said, of course you do. She said, no, no, no. I, she said, I don't. Why, why would I bother? She said, if I want somebody to put a fence around my land, I'll just call up somebody from the phone. They'll come along. They'll tell me how much it costs and I go and pay it. And I said, so you wouldn't even question if somebody came along and gave you a crazy amount, the, yeah. a, a crazy quote. Yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, I suppose I would. And I said, and you wouldn't go away and do a quick calculation about something just to find out how much things were costing you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose I would. So I said, So, where do you use maths in
2: real life? That's true. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It was interesting to see.
2: Yeah, Yeah. this is quite interesting. This is a great tool. We're talking about skills, we're talking about life skills, we talk about stuff that is is very, very useful for you um, in in daily life, uh, particularly around money and measurement, right? Um, as 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 you mentioned, like for example, code, you get a, a crazy code, Are you able to actually think about it and say justify it? Oh, cool. and then what tools do you have? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's
1: certainly it's certainly one of the things. I think if you can get kids to see things, um, see where it is in real life, and particularly particularly around money, I think money is one of the the areas that they struggle in, and mm-hmm. you can get them to start saving very young. You know, just put. If you get five dollars pocket money or ten dollars with soup that they seem to get a lot more pocket money these days. But if you get ten dollars pocket money, yeah. you, you save let's save 10 percent, or let's say 20 percent, and then work that out. Yeah. How much is 20 percent? Ten dollars, yeah, that's the reason why they couldn't do that in their head as they get older,
2: yeah, that's true. Exactly, it's uh, this uh, like the percentages, like the percentages of the money you can save, or um, you know you you want to spend or um, you can you know as a discount to stuff it, it's very practical and i'm pretty much or sure will be very useful for their uh, life right great Or else you have i think it's
1: the the other thing if if they're if you're talking about there's a good way of connecting money and savings with linear equations mm. um, you know i started off with three dollars um, and I saved five dollars every week for however many weeks and um, what does and you can graph that I mean yeah if you really, really wanted to get into the mathematics of it you could graph it you could find the the equation of the line you can work out how much money I'll have in six weeks 10 weeks 20 weeks 500 weeks yeah those those sorts of things are they're efficient but You know, maybe mums and dads won't want necessarily to be doing that, but Mm. it's there is there are so many connections that we can see in real life.
2: Definitely, definitely. Also, it it could be as simple as uh, going out with friends and uh, paying the share. It's a simple division, right? Even estimating
1: it would be valuable because if you if you key in the wrong numbers, it doesn't matter how how um. How, how close you are if you yeah. key in the wrong numbers you could get you can get it wrong anyway so it's it's probably worthwhile making sure that the estimation is correct then moving on to doing the actual calculation.
2: That's true and all we want for younger kids is just to get their head around it have some sort of insight, some sort of estimation we all talk about that um, to kind of you know build up a bat- a foundation a backbone, we can take it to a more advanced stuff
1: well the research shows that the most the majority of um calculations that are done is 80 percent of is estimation so when you use wow. maths in real life 80 80 percent of everything that we do in real life is estimation
2: is estimation of course and and that's that that's quite an interesting point i think because I got it quite like later age um, when I've done all my degrees. Then I realized that because when you do applied maths, mathematics in, in particular, the focus is exact. I wanna, I wanna get it right. I want to get it hundred percent right. And um, not in the world of statistics, stats a lot to do with approximation. But uh, but in the world of maths, we do care about these exact things a lot. But over time, I realized that what we need in reality it's it's estimation as long as you're close enough to that and you have some some way to calculate to get close enough to that that value it's good it's good enough you don't need to i think i think
1: that also is when they're doing maths at school when they're doing their mathematics at school when they they plug something into their calculator and then they write the answer down say for example they're doing um they're decreasing an amount of money by a percentage and the key in there all the numbers that they've got a key in and out spits a number that's actually larger Mm. so but the problem is a lot of children tend to focus less on the reasonableness of an answer yeah and more on whether they got an answer at all that's true so i think i think for that that if that's where the estimation side of thing comes in if if they have a good idea it doesn't have to be spot on yeah. but if they have a good idea then when they do get a wrong answer they can look at it and then go you know what i'm not sure that that's right i'm going to check mm. it
2: yeah oh yeah and that's that's i think this is this is really important and um, i personally you know deal with it when um, when i work with uh, my students for me, the most important thing is that they have some sort of logic behind their work. This is this is a key thing for me, and and that that's what I want them to do. It's it's very interesting that uh, when it's come to problem solving, uh brain their brain somehow freezes. Right? It's like, for example, you work with them, you you teach them how to do the long division, right? Divide one number by another. As soon as you say, hey. You go and um, you invite your friends to your party, and uh, let's say uh, you buy a pizza, right? And uh, you want to share that pizza uh, among your friends. So tell me um, how many pieces, uh, how many, how many division, how many pieces you will get at the end, right? And that's so interesting. It's a simple division, but in the context of let's say party and sharing the stuff. But they still really need really to think about that and, and, and often get very confused. So so for me in particular, it's very important because I think at, at the end of the day, we need to solve problems rather than doing long producing. Uh, yeah, no, and I think what
1: you're talking about is making that connection, which I was talking about earlier on, making the connection between the concrete and the abstract. <clears throat> um, it's, it's all very well for them to understand the processes or to, to learn, I shouldn't say understand the processes, but to learn the processes of short or long division whichever it is yeah. but in order for them to truly understand it they must make that connection between the concrete and the abstract and unless those connections are made and they're often missed around about year six when things start to to ramp up a little bit particularly yeah. with regards to the content and topics that they start to learn
2: yeah.
1: and going into year year seven and eight and and i think what what happens is they've done a really brilliant job in primary school of introducing all those concrete materials, and the kids mm. have really got it. Yeah. But then, when the, then they jump into high school, and all of a sudden the connections are lost. And it's not that teachers are not doing a good job; it's teachers are doing a great job. But what I think needs to happen a little bit more is that overlap. Oh yeah, between the, making the connections. Actually, physically making the connections, yeah, explicitly making the connections between uh, the concrete and the abstract.
2: That's true. And otherwise, it's lost. Yeah, otherwise it's lost. It's absolutely, the point. It's 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 just gone. It's it seems that it's useless even that knowledge uh, if you're not able to actually bring it on the table, solve a simple problem with it. And I think that's that's that needs to be um on focusing um in our um you know, teaching program then when we we start talking about this stuff. And to be honest, I think it's more engaging as soon as you start presenting a problem and say, hey, this is the problem. Let's go and divide example. This is a pizza for you and you know divide it. Right? Or give them something quite practical to play around play around with some sort of activity that is, is actually physically they can be involved in and use their knowledge. I think this is is a great way to engage them also um making that connection between the abstract and and you know um, and the real world application science absolutely just thinking all right is there anything else you would like to share with us
1: like i look i'm happy to send you through those books the books that i have um this there's, there's a couple of really good ones that uh Quite inexpensive and are really good to get kids talking. For example, one like how big is a foot?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen that one.
2: No, I haven't. have read, I haven't read it. a short
1: so but it's it's a brief story about the the king wants to get to make a bed for the queen for her birthday.
2: Yeah, and
1: um, he measures the bed out, or he gets his staff member to measure the bed out, and then he measures it out in so many feet.
2: Yeah,
1: goes to the the maker who's going to make the bed and says to him it's nine feet for example so he does nine feet and the the hands it across to the carpenter who's going to make the bed and of course the carpenter is much smaller much shorter feet makes a nine foot bed and of course the queen doesn't fit in it again it comes back to that argument or that discussion about standard units of measurement
2: oh
1: right a really great one to introduce kids to that other ones that are great are um if you want to go into primary school, counting on Frank is a great one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've just got a list here. Hang on. Yeah, um, counting on Frank is fantastic. And upper primary, if you want to get into upper primary and start talking about the mathematics of statistics, there's two great ones. One of them is if the world were a village.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's fantastic. It and it talks about comparative size and statistics. Absolutely brilliant for the yeah. older kids. And you can do a whole assessment task. On, assignment around that and then the other one is what's your angle Pythagoras
2: thank you very much for um, joining me today another great talk uh, was very useful as well